0: My grandmother used to say, uh, I thank God that things are as well as they are. And by that, she meant that, you know, someone else, it could be a lot worse than what it is. And so I keep that in mind.
1: Thrive Friends, this is your host, Dr. Solomon. How to stay motivated and how to keep your team motivated as a manager and as a leader. And who will be better to answer this question than Eddie Turner, who is ranked in the top 10 motivational speakers in the world by Global Gurus. Eddie is one of the 100 Marshall Goldsmith members. He's an International Coach Federation certified coach and is selected in 2020 as the ICF Coach of the Week. He's author of the book, 140 Simple Messages to Guide Emerging Leaders. He's a host of Keep Leading, Radio Show. Eddie Turner, welcome on Thrive.
0: Dr. Solomon, thank you so much for having me. I am so impressed with the work you're doing and the type of guest you've been getting. So it's, it's an honor to be here with you.
1: Thank you. And thank you for being with me today. Congrats on the Global Gurus Award.
0: Thank you. It is still kind of uh, hard to believe uh, and I'm, I'm so humbled by the by the recognition especially given the fact that there are people on that list that I have personally looked up to studied and you know for years just watched uh, so to be in a company in the class of uh, uh,
1: men and women of that caliber is, is truly humbling and truly an honor. I think of you as a great leadership coach who motivates people. Now you are also a motivational speaker. How do you feel about that? <laughs> it's something quite
0: new. You know, I, uh, I've always said I am a leadership speaker mm-hmm. and I try to be motivational and people would ask me, am I a motivational speaker? I said, no, I think of a motivational speaker as a Les Brown. <laughs> and so to be able to be in that category with him, someone I've been reading about studying and Mark Sharon Brian Tracy, uh, LGO, our friend Laura Gaster-Odding, people like that who are on the list, and the legendary Mark Scherenbrock, so many um, just amazing folks. Susie Orman's on there, and people Mm -hmm. who've just really set the bar quite high. And so at the end of the day, if we're going to lead people, it is about motivating them. And so I guess uh, I've been called to own what I've been doing.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Let's start. By asking you, how do you keep yourself motivated to write, to give interviews, to be a speaker, especially in times where things are uncertain, like the one we live in now? I think that I've always had what uh,
0: Carol Dork calls the, the growth mindset mm-hmm. and the, the growth mindset versus a fixed mindset, fixed mindset being that I am who I am. That's all that I am. And I can't improve uh, versus the idea that I am not where I want to be. I can always get better. I can always improve. And so I am just on this relentless pursuit to get better. And uh, probably since January 7th, I've had a renewed uh, motivation, a Mm -hmm. new source that pushes me. And that's this beautiful young lady right here, Uh, the birth of my daughter, Uh, Motivates me wanting to do so much to leave a legacy for her and to set a great example. Congrats, Eddie. I've been a father, first time father for three months now. And so I am I am learning a lot of new lessons, things that I just kind of knew about academically before. Now, there's nothing like when you are going through it and now you have a different appreciation for Things that people have said around you, what all my friends have been talking about, and I heard them. Yeah, I didn't really understand. Yes. I understand now.
1: <laughs> How is your sleep, Eddie? <laughs> this is the question for a new dad.
0: Oh, the first two months there was no sleep. Uh, we are sleeping now, uh, thanks to my amazing wife. She's just done a fantastic job uh, with our daughter. And uh, but yeah, the the sleep deprivation it is it's real. Uh, <laughs> that is no
1: joke. Let's say. Things didn't go as planned in a day. You learned about an unfortunate piece of news for one of your team members, something in the stock market in a company you're investing in, or simply you just didn't feel motivated to start the day. How do you pick yourself up and move forward to make things happen? I've always
0: said that we
1: have to uh,
0: balance ideas in our, in our two ideas in our mind at the same time. That is that our, we can never get too high, too excited about things enjoy uh, great acknowledgements, uh, but understand that they don't last forever, but neither do bad times. So when there's something that I'm misfortunate that happens, I'm unfortunate that happens, that is uh, less than an ideal way for the day to go, you know, I, I take it and keep it in perspective. It's only temporary, even for things that might seemingly be forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, such as an illness or uh, something else that you know is just going to be with us longer than a day or two. It's still temporary in the sense that I have the mindset that I'm going to live forever. (laughs) And so this temporary being
1: that it's something that um, I have to deal with for just for a short time. So you keep in perspective by thinking this is only temporary, this is only transient.
0: Yes, that, and I'd say that the idea that sometimes we take things a little bit too serious and that we might think that we're alone. Oh, woe is me, woe is me. I'm the only person that's experiencing this. And time and experience have taught me that there's nothing new under the sun. And the fact of the matter is that whatever I may be going through, someone else is going through the exact same problem someplace else. And in fact, someone else is going through something for our worse, far more grievous. My grandmother used to say, uh, I thank God that things are as well as they are. And by that, she meant that, you know, someone else, it could be a lot worse than what it is. And so I keep that in mind.
1: It's intriguing that you say this, because in psychology, there is a concept about the commonality of misfortunes as one of the three tenets of self-compassion. And the way to have self-compassion when things don't go well is to think exactly about what you said. There are other people who are basically what your grandma said in different wording, it could always be worse. Indeed. And it's not just something to say esoterically.
0: You no. know, There's a part of my life where I've spent you know, serving those in underprivileged communities, uh, going into prisons, going into hospitals and helping others. Uh, and I have found that not only is it just a good human thing to do and helping other people, but it does help me literally put things in perspective. And I've walked away each time feeling like I gave something to those in need, but sometimes I actually found that they gave me more than I gave them because I've seen people endure. I'm seeing people who have just incredibly difficult challenges, but they're still surviving. They're still maintaining. And in many cases, I see these people still with a positive attitude. And so I leave my, I leave with those situations thinking, if
1: they can do it, how much more so should I be able to do it? Let's shift gears now to your original expertise area. You are an expert in leadership coaching. How can leaders keep a tap on the pulse of the motivation levels in their organization, especially when people are working now at distance in a digital age where the team members are not communicating much about their emotions or their motivations, mostly meetings to get things done and move forward.
0: You know, that's interesting, Dr. Solomon. I think that leaders can keep the pulse, keep checking the pulse of their team by starting with taking their own pulse. Much like we're told on the airplanes, put your mask on first before you try to help someone else. And so for leaders, it's important to understand how they're doing during this difficult time. How are they maintaining? What is their emotional state? And that becomes important because the team is, in many cases, of direct reflection of the person they're being led by. So I'd start there. Next, taking the pulse of the team by talking to each member regularly, by taking a, a, a genuine interest. And a genuine interest not in a way that pries into people's personal life, but in a way that people really feel that that leader is genuinely interested in them. And if they do, then people will be willing to share. The disparate way that we were spread out now and not being in the office and being able to see people and seemingly and easily able to walk over to the desk and check in with someone and have that kind of water cooler conversations, we'd say, it makes it a little bit more difficult, but it just means we have to make an extra effort. So regular check-ins with the team, and sometimes if people may not be willing to speak forthrightly, being able to sometimes have a facilitated team meeting, a facilitated team meeting where a neutral facilitator comes in and it allows the team to be able to express themselves in a confidential way where the
1: leader can get the thoughts out on the table of how people really feel. I could see how the facilitator would be fantastic idea in a room where you can see the body language, you can see facial expressions, We really tell you what people are truly feeling. How about the digital age? How can we facilitate this to be genuine and pick on the subtleties of people expression and what is not shown on the screen? Well, you said it right
0: there. I mean, listening to uh, people, we, we, there's certain cues you get but because you're on camera. And when you're on camera, for example, I'm looking here at the camera, but if I want to see you and look at your face, now I have yep. to look down here. Exactly. So when I'm looking at your face as a, as a coach and I coach leaders mm-hmm. to have a coaching approach, I'm looking at your smile, but I'm also hearing your words. And I can tell if your smile is mechanical or if it's genuine, mm-hmm. if I'm really watching you and in tune with you and listening to you have you ever we've all called some customer service at some point in our life? Yeah. And we've had great customer service experiences and we've had some that were not so great. Mm -hmm. And in many cases we can tell that person on the other side of the line, even though we could not see their face, they were not happy to be serving us. Mm -hmm. They, their voice, their tone, we can feel it through the phone. Mm -hmm. We can tell they're happy or we can tell they're really you know kind of tightening us up a little bit
1: (laughs) yeah yeah. they're looking at the clock and it's almost 5 p.m i need to go home yes yeah why are
0: you calling me the audacity to actually want me to do my job so with leaders they can tell through the way their employee is speaking they can tell through if the employee says things are really tough Mm mm-hmm when they release that energy, well, there's something behind that energy. They may not say what it is, but if with a coaching approach, leaders can then begin to politely probe and see how they can support. The other thing that many leaders are doing is you're leveraging the technology in in, in new ways. So be it not just a video call, but are there ways to uh, send messages Uh, of of care, messages of concern? Are there uh, different applications that the organization can use that they perhaps were not using before? And in this way, allow people to stay connected. For many people, that's meant learning new skills, developing a new competency. Pre-COVID, people uh, were not necessarily used to using a simple meeting tool like Zoom uh, on a daily basis. Most people were used to Teams or WebEx or the more enterprise level products. Now Zoom has become the new verb. Yes, yes it's like Google. <laughs> it's the new, yes. Let's, yeah. When you say Google something, no, no, no explanation needed. And exactly. now when you say Zoom, it's the same thing. Birthdays, bar mitzvahs, weddings, funerals. And uh, so, yeah, so we, we've gotten used to communicating in, in these uh, in these ways.
1: Before we move on to the next part of our conversation, people watching us, if you are enjoying this conversation I'm having with Eddie, take a minute and open a new tab and look up Eddie Turner, one word, LLC, to know more about his work and his credentials. And why not subscribe to the channel and share this link with other people in your circle so they can benefit from Eddie's insight about motivation and motivating team. One of the upsides of 2020 is that many uh, founded startups. My question to you is how they can stay motivated.
0: This has been a wonderful time to start new businesses. Uh, The last, uh, I won't say pandemic, but the last crisis that we faced was the, the, the financial crisis in 2008, where through that we got Uber, we got Airbnb. They were born out of that tragedy. So I can't wait to see what new businesses we will have that are born out of this tragedy and that's the silver lining so many lives have been lost so much pain has been suffered yeah. and many businesses have closed but yeah. new ones will come online and so i'm excited to see uh, uh what some of these smaller ones are but i can't wait to see what the big ones are they're going to change all of our lives to succeed and to get to that level i say everyone needs a good coach and if you're looking for a good coach a great coach then i will recommend uh our mutual friend Alyssa Cohn, who I believe you've interviewed. Yes. Alyssa is the world's number one startup coach. Hands down, she's amazing. Closely related. I'd say Dory Clark. Dory oh, yes. Clark, she's on another level. Oh, <laughs> Dory <laughs> Clark one. is just phenomenal. In fact, the two of them, I've been promoting a program that they're doing just for business of just for coaches, rather, because coaches actually have a hard time with their business, getting their businesses to start up and do well. And so if an individual wants great coaching, it's better to start off doing things well versus do things wrong and then have to undo it. I would recommend highly to uh, go to their LinkedIn pages or to Google them and uh, work with Alyssa Cohn and or Dory Clark, the two of the best of the best. they are seven figure coaches who can show
1: you how to do it. As our conversation is getting to an end, what would be final words You would like to leave the audience knowing. We all have to find
0: what motivates us internally, intrinsically. What is it that does it for us? What do we stand for? What do do we mean to ourselves and then thereby to other people? And if we don't know the answer to that, then we have to figure that out. And then feed that, nourish that daily. Because we can only give what we are and what we have. And so I can't show up as a good coach, I can't show up as a good father, as a good husband or anything else if I am not taking care of myself. And as I would say at the end of every show that I give, it's part of my whole culture, is I believe leadership is action. It's about activity. So it's not something that we do once and we're done. It's something we must continuously do. So I say,
1: keep leading. What a pleasure to have you on Thrive, Eddie. Thank you for having me, Dr. Salamu.
0: It's a pleasure to be with you.
1: Thank you. And until we meet next time, keep safe, keep motivated, keep resilient, and see you on the next episode of Thrive. Thank you.